0: This is Total Retail Tech Insights, the content retail executives need to optimize their use of technology throughout their organizations. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Total Retail Tech Insights. I'm Joe Keenan, Editor-in-Chief of Total Retail, and I am joined on today's show by Mark Messina, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Geek Plus. We're going to be talking to Mark a little bit about Geek Plus, and it's Um, systems and uh, tools that are able to help retailers with uh, their supply chains and their uh, automated warehousing solutions. So thank you for joining me today, Mark.
1: Hey, Joe. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to join you here on the Tech Insights podcast.
0: To get us started, Mark, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about Geek Plus for those that might not be familiar with the company? Sure,
1: Geek Plus is a Beijing-based robotics company. We provide AI-powered robotic solutions for the warehousing fulfillment industry. Uh, To date, we have about 900 employees around the world. Uh, Our center of gravity is in Asia in terms of R&D and software development. We have our own manufacturing in Nanjing, China, where we produce more than 30,000 robots per year in our own factory. Uh, we've deployed more than fourteen thousand robots at three hundred sites in twenty different countries. So, you know, we have offices around the world to support all of these deployments. We're very heavily focused on product quality and R and D. Um, and to that end, we we own and operate our own solutions. So, our our factory that we own is running our robots and our software, our th- own. Uh, 3PL that we own is running our robots and our software. So we live with these systems and we release uh, 200 features per quarter as a result of living with these systems to improve the systems and enhance their functionality. Um, and we're definitely happy to be here operating in the Americas where we serve everything from Chile to uh, to Alaska.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna follow up. As you mentioned, uh, a global company, um, You've kind of uh, trying to U.S.-based retail clients as well and across uh, North America?
1: Yeah, so many of our our retail clients actually have a global footprint. So we do have clients that are definitely local. They could be regional, e.g. in the east or maybe in the west. But we also have clients that are operating uh, globally and we are deploying in their networks globally.
0: So let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the current environment for the retail industry. Um, With the COVID-19 pandemic and more and more consumers shopping online, it's obviously impacted the need for retailers to um, speed up their supply chains. And one way they can do that is through automation. Um, Tell us a little bit about kind of the impact that you've seen in the industry um, and the need for automated operations within retailers' warehouses.
1: Yeah, automation is really driven by the end customer right and so we can we'll definitely talk about covid but i would start by saying that the customer expectation has become you know instant gratification so they're looking for something that ships i think maximum acceptable now is three days it used to be you know we were pretty happy if we got an order in a week then it was five days now it's now three is really not so acceptable um one two-day shipping is really more of the norm. And we're definitely moving towards a same day fulfillment paradigm. And so that end customer has really driven the demand for automation. COVID has acted like adding oxygen to the fire. So we've seen this massive shift to online shopping as everybody has been sequestered away in their homes uh, because of the pandemic. And so, you know. The nominal peak that we used to see around Thanksgiving has become the, the average and peak peak is indeterminate. We, we have yet to really understand what is the new peak. So we've seen automation brought to bear to, to deal with issues around labor scarcity, uh, real estate scarcity, the drive for real estate to be closer to the customer so that the fulfillment network can achieve that one day or same day delivery. So that's required that we become much smarter about how we utilize real estate and how we utilize labor. And that's where automation is is really driven.
0: Yeah, that's a good point That to your last point there around the scarcity of labor and also you know, with the current social distancing guidelines that were in place in warehouses across the country and across the world, um, automation can help alleviate some of those challenges, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so one of the benefits, or some of the benefits of using automation and, and our automation in particular, is um, every order that's that shipped or every order that we fulfill is. Gathered by robots. So, you know, we've inverted the normal operations of a a fulfillment center where you have associates walking miles per day, picking orders. Instead, we have robots that go and grab the inventory and bring that inventory rack to an operator who's stationary. Um, So, this makes, you know, filling labor a bit easier because it's a more pleasant environment. It's very quiet compared to a traditional fulfillment center. Um, it's, it's got an ergonomic aspect to it where the operators are, are much more comfortable. But in terms of pandemic, we're able to track how each order has been touched. So let's say worst case, you had an associate who tests positive for COVID or whatever the virus of the day may be. Um, we can track all the inventory that that person has touched. So we could go back into the field, sequester the, the inventory on a particular shelf, or an order that's been shipped, we have full traceability of everything that's happened within our handling of that order. So it's it's a strange, um, it's an unexpected benefit of automation, but it, it does come in very hand, handily in this current pandemic situation.
0: Yeah, I wasn't thinking that in terms of the sa- the safety component, as you mentioned, it wasn't probably initially thought as a key, key benefit, but really in this time it is. And also I would think too, the quality control. Um, Instead of having the human element going and picking orders, uh, you have these robots going out into the different areas of the warehouse picking orders, less prone for um, picking mistakes, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, we, we achieve virtually 100% picking accuracy, right? And so the way we do that is, number one, we're only presenting the inventory that needs to be picked. So we'll show up with our, our inventory pod, which has a bunch of cubbies on it. Um, And so we keep things that are dissimilar. The, The system forces that inventory is stored in a dissimilar fashion. So what that means is, you know, we don't store seven different kinds of golf balls next to each other. We store one golf ball next to a box of Kleenex. So for the picking associate, it's very obvious what they're picking, right? They don't have to really think which golf ball or which color, blah, blah, blah it's a very dissimilar item so they know what they're picking they can do it virtually by feel normally we also augment that with visual indicators in terms of laser projector that points to the bin to be picked and there's a picture of the actual inventory on the user interface Um, then we also can scan the inventory so the all all of this doesn't slow down productivity um, unless we add scanning Uh, But scanning really is sort of a belt and suspenders approach where we achieve that 100% picking accuracy. Um, So unless there's some error on the inventory SKU list where things are recorded and put into the system, our picking is otherwise going to be 100%. Yeah,
0: that's great. So we've talked a lot about the benefits of um, automated solutions within a warehouse uh, such as robots. So that leads into my next question. From the retailer's perspective, what should they be evaluating as they consider implementing automated solutions, uh, including robots within their distribution centers? What are are some of the uh, checklist items that they should be considering uh, before rolling out such a solution?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So Geek Plus has a number of different platforms, right? So we have our core software that everything is built upon. But we offer a variety of different form factors in AGV and AMR technology. So we've got picking robots, sorting robots, uh, pallet movers, et cetera, fork trucks, all sorts of different form factors and then different capacities within that. Um, the market today is is interesting because the demand for automation in fulfillment chain is really um, it's we're pushing automation closer and closer to the customer doorstep. So what I mean by that is we used to have a big warehouse. Now we've got a big warehouse and uh, smaller satellite warehouses that are closer to customer. And we're getting to micro fulfillment being prevalent, especially in urban areas or grocery delivery. Um, and we're going to go to nano fulfillment centers, I think at some point. So we keep driving the technology closer. And so as uh, a, um, a network might digest the options that are out there, it's important to think of a holistic approach to the network design, number one, and how you'll bring different technology pieces to bear. The other piece is, is flexibility, right? And so the, one of the weaknesses that COVID has turned up in the supply chain is that um, many of the traditional fulfillment centers just got tapped out in terms of efficiency, Um, efficiency in storage of inventory, efficiency of labor utilization. All of this translated to the number of orders that could be filled per day. And and they just just ran out of steam. That was it. That was all they had. So when you look at automation, one of the benefits that is important to note, and, and that was a strength of Geek Plus is our system is incredibly flexible. There's nothing bolted to the floor. So we can expand the system either by adding more storage capacity or more throughput capacity, either by adding more pods or more robots and more workstations. And we can reconfigure the system quite easily. And within certain limitations, the software is constantly reconfiguring where where the inventory is. So we're optimizing the utilization of that space. And so, you know, we, we look at flexibility of the system, reliability of the system, um, our system has you know, no single point of failure. All of our hardware is redundant and we have hundreds of robots out in the field. So, you know, unless you're at peak and you need every robot delivering, uh, which is a rare case, the system rarely operates at peak, um, you're going to see Virtually no impact should a hardware asset go down during that time. So, you know, flexibility, reliability, and then how do we use space, uh, real estate as a premium, especially as we get closer and closer to the customer? So, how does the system um, use, you know, what's the cubic utilization of the space, et cetera? And any of the operations directors in the fulfillment centers, this will be, you know, mother tongue to them that they, they live with this every day.
0: So when you, when you mention the word robots, the first concern that, you know, sometimes that raises concerns that this is going to eliminate um, jobs and human jobs. Um, but talk about, a little bit about how warehouse employees can uh, be complemented by auto, automation um, and robots um, rather than eliminate those things, uh, those positions. So tell us a little bit about how your solutions can help, uh, like I said, complement the workers that already are within a warehouse.
1: Yeah, you know, we're complementary to warehouse employees because we're making their job easier, right? So, um, two warehouses side by side, one's automated, one isn't. We're gonna have a much high, much harder time staffing the non-automated uh, warehouse. And in general, um, automated warehouses are much more pleasant to work in. They tend to be much safer, uh, much less repetitive injuries or, or injuries from repetitive motion. This sort of thing. And we can, we can make the work interesting by what we call gamifying the, um, the user interface so that it's more interesting as far as a workplace goes as well. In terms of jobs though, you know, if the industry doesn't vie for efficiency at every, in, in every aspect of operations, there's no expansion of the industry. So these technologies, these automation technologies that are prevalent um, in not only in fulfillment, but, but in so many industries, they all enable efficiency within that industry and they enable expansion with that industry. If the, if, so by making the industry more efficient, there's more jobs to be, to be had all around. There's more warehouse jobs, there's more engineering jobs, there's more management jobs, Um, and as consumers, you know, continue to, to consume, we we need to meet that need. And the only way to do that is to be more efficient.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And we've given, um, some, uh, an overview of some of the benefits that you're seeing from the retailer's perspective. Again, talk about the business benefits that retailers can realize from their use of automation within a warehouse or distribution center. Um, what are the kind of key selling points that they would see?
1: You know, um, I think we've talked about a number of the benefits in from an operational perspective. But in terms of, you know, intangibles, I, I think it's important to note we see so many of our customers having the discussion now saying it's not even optional to invest in automation. The landscape has changed so much so fast that if we don't invest in automation now, we won't have the option to later we, we just won't be able to compete so you know the, the, this is really some of the math that's happening so there's there's all the benefits that we talked about easier staff more efficient we get a 3x return on labor efficiency we go you know 40 to 100 percent more uh, cubic utilization we're able to get closer to customer we enable you know 100 order fill accuracy um We're much more energy efficient, so there's a there's a whole green energy and environment. um, Environmental stewardship stewardship aspect to these technologies as well, but then, of course, you know those things are all great, but if you're operating a business and your customers are looking at a screen and it's saying if you order within the next 39 minutes, you can have your order tomorrow and you know that on your website, they're looking at a screen and it doesn't have any visibility, it just says three-day shipping, um, you know that those customers are going to click over to the website that can order the faster shipping. So this is probably the biggest benefit and the biggest driver. It's, it's almost like a, a fear of missing out situation now where you know the discussions we're having are like, how soon can we get the technology in, right? We, we've seen the goodness. We, we know what it does. We know because our competitors are using it. Yep. How quick can we get it deployed?
0: Yeah. You got to, you know, that kind of race that you have to keep up, you know, you have to keep pace up, keep pace with the competition. Um, so I think it would be helpful to the audience, Mark. Um, is there a case study or an example that you might be able to share in which of retailer that is partnered with Geek Plus and, and as a result, the uh, benefits or the improvements it's seen in, in terms of its warehouse operations?
1: Yeah, well, the easy answer is that everybody who's p- partnered with us sees an improvement in their operations, right? Um, as far as a case study goes, uh, we've got Nike Japan, which enabled same-day order fulfillment in a market that's very demanding in terms of real estate cost, labor cost, et cetera. So that They were able to provide a customer benefit, which is same day delivery, but also a massive operational benefit in terms of operating costs while delivering this higher service level to their customer. We have other customers, um, which I I will prefer not to name, who are seeing these benefits um, uh, in the States and also in Australia, where it's it's a... it's a real enabler for their business, and, and that's in the the direct uh, the DTC space, but also in the three PL space. So we've got three PLs who are applying our technologies opportunistically throughout their network, um, and it's a major selling feature for them to their customers, but also an enabling technology for their customers. And then our our ecom customers who are are own their own owned and operated networks are seeing these benefits as well, and. We're seeing, you know, just massive expansion there.
0: Yeah. Which leads me into a a follow-up there in terms of, you know, what do you foresee as the future of uh, uh, the retail warehouse distribution center? What does that look like? Either for, to your own point, the e-commerce operator that owns and operates or the 3PL that is um, contracted with uh, different retailers for fulfillment. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you foresee as the the future uh, when it comes to order fulfillment.
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about lights out fulfillment centers. Um, I think that there needs to be a confluence of change before that happens. So it's a, there's technology, there's all the building blocks there for that, but we haven't yet reached. I think one of the missing pieces is actually the packaging um, of the goods themselves Uh, needs to be adapted for, um, for automation. Um, So that's one aspect of it. You still you can't run a lights out facility if you have corner cases that that need to be handled by humans, because then the lights have to go on and and you lose the benefit of of the idea. Uh, But that said, I think the near future is um, this very agile um, adaptation. So we have the, the demand for instant gratification is going is is only increasing. Um, And as the bar continues to get raised there, we continue to see uh, network expansion. So we continue to see, you know, the hub and spoke model going to micro fulfillment and then eventually the nano fulfillment. Uh, E-groceries are definitely um, taking up a lot more oxygen in the room in terms of automation demand. Um, and in terms of, you know, operations outlook, if, if I'm a network operator or I operate a distribution center, I now need to look at mixing technologies I've never worked with before. So, for, you know, ASRS with goods to person, with, um, with uh, follow me robots, et cetera. So how do I put all of these different pieces together in a way that my investments are relevant for the next five to ten years, right? This this is this is the challenge, and so um, we see that there are there's a lot of uh, new technologies in the space, ourselves included, and the values of these technologies will be on demonstration, and the winners will 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 rise to the top.
0: So we've talked all you know. Our conversation so far has been totally around the warehouse slash uh, distribution center. As more and more online orders are being fulfilled out of store, so buy online, pick up in store, curbside pickup, do you foresee these solutions such as robots being used, utilized in physical brick and mortar stores as well? Or does that become an issue of, of size of the, you know, the cubic space that's needed to operate? Could how do these robots potentially fit into the store of the future almost?
1: Yeah. Another interesting question, right? So, um Bopus is already uh, a space that we serve as buy online pickup in-store. So we already have microfilment solutions that we're deploying uh, to satisfy this in-store delivery. And I, I you know my my perspective here is we're gonna see the the floor space dedicated to those technologies in existing retail environments expand. And there's a whole conversion happening right now in terms of using underutilized real estate, converting it um, to micro fulfillment centers in urban centers. So you know things, th- strange things like parking structures, um, uh, retail that's gone out and is no longer um, is no longer used. It's just dead space. These are becoming. Micro fulfillment centers and, and it's enabled entirely by uh, machine learning and AI which studies order profiles and understands what's going to be needed in that in that space before it's ever ordered and it puts it there uh, so that that space can be well utilized. And it becomes a very complex system because you have bi-directional shipping if something that was predicted to go to the edge, uh, and into that urban structure that that nano or micro fulfillment center and it turns out that the prediction was not accurate after some time that space has to be returned that volume has to go back to be utilized for other things it can't sit and wait so now you've got this bi-directional network um, and, it, and it's a very complicated system right um, but that's all enabled by machine learning and ai and then the hardware on the other end of that that fulfills it so that we are positioning ourselves with the hardware and the software to serve these markets.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, a good segue into the final question I have for you, Mark, is um, you mentioned how you're positioning yourself. So maybe you could summarize what Geek Plus is doing um, to set itself up to help you know the retailers. Uh, that we've talked about your client, your existing clients, other retailers as well, um, to help improve their operations moving forward, including in the warehouse, these micro fulfillment centers that you've talked about. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, we've made a massive investment in our operations, so our R and D side and our manufacturing side. In the R and D side, we have more than 300 R and D engineers dedicated to mostly developing software because software intelligence is what makes the hardware run Uh, it's a much faster development cadence on the other side on our hardware side we are investing to double our factory capacity um, and really that's all pointing at how do we support our customers so we're very engaged with our customers to understand what are their needs we do proof of concepts we do applications studies and simulations to develop those proof of concepts and prove out the value and we have the software resources and manufacturing uh, assets that we own and operate in order to fill those needs very quickly. Um, we are also moving to stocking in the States. You know, We are a global operation and we ship from our uh, China factories, but we are actually expanding um, our warehousing in the States so that we can deliver on an even shorter timeline. Today, we typically are seeing anywhere between three and seven months for deployment, depending on a few factors, but it's a very quick deployment compared to traditional deployments with you know, bolt, bolted down conveyor, et cetera. And we're looking to stock inventory here in the States so that we can shorten that cycle uh, by at least a month. Um, we are also looking at expanding with um, final assembly in the States.
0: So lastly, Mark, if uh, our audience of retailers is interested in learning more about Geek Plus, uh, what would you recommend them do? Them doing?
1: Well, you can reach out to us. Uh, it's, it's very easy to find us on LinkedIn or go to geekplus.com, uh, or you can just drop an email to sales at Geek Plus and we'll have an applications engineer connect with you uh, right away.
0: Great, well, I wanna take this opportunity to thank Mark Messina again, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Geek Plus for telling us all about its company and how it is helping retailers improve warehouse operations. Thanks for joining me, Mark.
1: Well, thanks so much, Joe. And thanks for everyone who's listening to the Total Retail Podcast. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please check out our podcast channel page at mytotalretail.com slash podcast for show notes. Tech Insights is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review this podcast. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Total Retail Tech Insights.